Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Welcome to episode 113 of Maximize Your Influence. I'm Steve Olson, and I've got Kurt Mortensen here with me, uh, live and in person and back from Puerto Rico. He's tan. He's probably wearing a fedora and a <laughs> guayavera, one of those collared shirts that the Puerto Ricans wear. It's got the embroidery on it. He's probably really good at dominoes and cigars and all that stuff now. Did I just stereotype the crap out of Puerto Rico or what? Yeah, so you got the offense out of the way, so you just offended our Puerto Rican friends. But it was a great trip, a lot of sunshine, a lot of greenery. In fact, I got a word for you. Let's see if you can figure it out. FOMO Mofongo. FOMO Mofongo. Yeah, from last week's podcast. Yeah. You got it? Was you know So there's some really good Mofongo on the table. You're running late, and you have a fear of missing out <laughs> on the Mofongo. So you got it. That's FOMO Mofongo, the fear of missing out on good Mofongo. <laughs> You better explain what mofongo means, because in English, that sounds like it could be just terrible. Oh, that's true. Well, we talked about it a little bit last time. It's the plantains they eat so much of almost every meal. But yeah. anyway, they take a plantain, which is kind of like a banana, and they have the green ones and the yellow ones and different meals and different things, but it's in every meal. And it's kind of a thick, pasty, flavorful substance thing. How's that for a definition? Until you go down to the tropics, you just didn't know that there were that many kinds of bananas and so many different ways to eat them. That's right. And when you go to places like Thailand, you don't realize there's 20 different types of mangoes. So yeah, uh, yeah. you get stuck realizing, oh, yeah, that's a banana, that's a mango. No, there's different types. So you were training for a large unnamed corporation. What was the main aha that they took away? I, I always like to hear this from these people that are in the corporate dredges and, and, and what they are concerned about and worried about as persuaders. Well, there's a large pharmaceutical, I guess, dominance out there. We had... Pfizer had a compound, and Eli Lilly and Baxter, all these big compounds, and I went out and trained one of those companies, and it was about, uh, you know, learn how to persuade without power, how to influence without authority, learn how to negotiate, we did some presentation skill, we did some leadership charisma training, so the takeaway there with a lot of these is, A, they always say, why didn't we learn this 20 years ago, because the big thing is, is most people don't have enough influence tools, they don't realize there's options, and self-esteem plays a huge role when you're persuading people, so the ahas tend to be more tools, adapting to people, getting in their brain, understanding the subconscious triggers, and just having fun doing it, and realize that, man, this is going to permeate every aspect of their life, from families, to friends, to work, to upward mobility, so it's a lot of fun to see the kind of light bulb go off in their brain. That is pretty cool when somebody has had minimal training in this and that they they realize by changing up your word choice and a little bit of your approach, your life can become a lot better all of a sudden. Yeah, if you just help them persuade themselves instead of data dumping, just that one thing will make a huge impact in your ability to influence. Yeah, yeah, well, good, good. Glad you had a good trip to Puerto Rico. I mean, It was great fun. I love the weather. I love the ocean. Love where I stayed. And it was fun to see the Puerto Ricans negotiate and get aggressive. Very competitive group. <laughs> <laughs> we played some games and some negotiations, and uh, they were at each other's throat. It was part of their culture. It was a lot of fun. I had a duck a few times, but <laughs> it was a great group. I didn't stop to think about that, but everybody, Kurt does this negotiation exercise called the blue banana. And the whole premise of it is that there's this very rare blue banana left in the world and these two parties are negotiating for it and they both got to have it. Did you call it the blue mofongo? 
I should have. No, it was still a blue banana. And uh, yeah, great results on that one. It basically goes to the point where they're getting really aggressive in negotiation. They're both trying to save the world, and it was such an easy solution. But I'd say only 5% of people actually get it because they get competitive. They're unwilling to communicate. They both have great causes, and it just goes downhill from there. But it's a great emotional scar to leave on people to realize, no, it can be easier than that. There are different ways to negotiate. By focusing so much on winning and beating the other guy, you lose. Exactly. Yeah. Are you ready for the first ever Maximize Your Influence movie review? Oh, really? Our first ever? Yeah. All right, what's the movie review? <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it, but I went and saw it while you were out of town, and it's called Bridge of Spies with Tom Hanks, and it was directed by Steven Spielberg, and I, I believe that when those two guys get together, good things tend to happen, and that was definitely the case. And for our, our geeky audience that loves persuasion and negotiation, you'll definitely appreciate this movie. Back in the Cold War, there were a couple of instances where the, the U.S. ended up having a, a Russian prisoner, and it, it was pretty funny. Tom Hanks plays an attorney in this, and he decides that, you know, hey, we shouldn't hang this prisoner for treason because we might need him, right? He didn't go for the jugular, and sure enough, a U.S. pilot got shot down over Russia not too far after that, and what did you know? They needed this prisoner to negotiate so Tom Hanks has to go over to East Berlin and deal with all the kind of shady shenanigans and dirty deeds and negotiate and outmaneuver these guys. If you appreciate good negotiation and bad negotiation, you'll love the movie and it's very good. I, the thing I love about those Hanks and Spielberg movies is they don't try too hard, but somehow they just do a great job every time. They're not over mm. the top with a bunch of shoot em up nonsense and roll your eyes plot twist. They're very good. So definitely recommend the movie to the audience. Good stuff. First evaluation there of a movie. So listeners, that's known as social validation. Steve had just recommended the movie, so go out and see it and let us know what you think. Send us an email, let us know. Ah, but for there to be social validation, the source of it has to have some credibility. So that's where you're mm, wrong. That's right. Yes. It depends if you have credibility in the eyes of the audience as a movie critic. Yes, that's right, which I do not. So I just tanked the the ratings for Bridge of Spies. I'm probably flattering myself way too much there. <laughs> I guess I'm not as good nor as crappy as I think, right? Yeah, you're just there. I'm just, <laughs> oh, that's worse. <laughs> Somehow worse. <laughs> you're just there. Just there. For a movie critic, yeah, just there. All right, move on. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> so let's move on. You've had a couple of weeks off. I'm going to force you to queue up Steve Urkel. Go ahead. Steve's favorite, not mine. Here's Urkel. What's <laughs> about the article and, and how we can be happy, apparently? Uh, are we all miserable? Well, we're not as happy as we're supposed to be. And so, so these doctors went to American Psychological Association, University of Notre Dame, our friend Dr. Goldman from Emotional Intelligence, Scientific America, Science. They scoured some different things to find out, okay, What's causing happiness? What's going on with the brain? This was done by Ward and Hillary Stokes, some easy-to-remember names for you. Just look at the brain and happiness. And we know big picture with happiness that the happier you are, the, the easier you are to persuade, and that mood matters. And so they said it's a common belief that you should be able to think your way out of negative feelings. No stinking thinking, right? <laughs> but that's not how the brain's wired. See, when you're frustrated or stressed, you can't really tell yourself not to be that way because you are that way. So they have this belief, and this is true in society, where people would rather think than feel, right? And so what they want to do is they want to be listening to their head instead of their heart, and this doesn't work very well. So basically this is what we're saying here is that 
Typically, the most important yet most avoiding step in lasting influence is emotional intelligence, okay? People would rather probably have a root canal than deal with their feelings. And the American Psychological Association says 75% of people report unhealthy stress. And the stress is one of the things that's really making us unhappy because here's what's happening in the brain. This is what Dr. Goldman talks about in emotional intelligence, that your brain is wired such that your emotional brain can act independently of your thinking brain. But here's what's important. The reverse is not true. Your thinking brain can't deal it without the emotional brain. Mm. And basically, in other words, you can't think your way through feelings. Yeah. The emotional brain operates twice as fast as the thinking brain. Your thinking brain simply is outmatched. And it was interesting when they looked at stress, is that stress decreases your ability to focus and sustain those positive thoughts. That prefrontal lobe, that prefrontal cortex we always talk about is responsible for focus. And when we get these stress hormones, we feel this stress, the emotional brain takes precedence and the prefrontal lobe becomes less active. That means we're easily more distractive and it's more difficult to concentrate and it just goes downhill from there. So it's tough when you really take a look at it where we, oh, I shouldn't be stressed because of the traffic or I shouldn't be upset or I shouldn't be angry. And you are. Yeah, <laughs> In fact, yeah. we spent a lot of time with this in Puerto Rico. It says when someone's angry or upset, you have to validate it. You can't say to your kids, well, you shouldn't be sad. They're like, well, I am. Well, you shouldn't be angry. Well, I am, right? It doesn't help anything, even though it might not be the right emotion or Maybe they shouldn't be feeling emotion. They are, and you need to validate that. So they go on to talk about what Richard Hansen said. He's a neuroscientist, and he's the author of The Buddha Brain, right, about relaxing and, I guess, being to Zen and calm down. He says, you do. You have to relax. You have to have something in place to be able to do something that gets your brain to relax to get back on track versus trying to think yourself out of it. He talked about meditation, yoga, breathing, nature walks, Anything you can do, and you ha everyone's different here, to get back in the game, to get your brain back, then get back on track, then you'll really dramatically increase your happiness. Because you will never win the game to try to think yourself out of a feeling. That's probably why people need to vent. To you, it's very clear. There's a logical solution, but just banging them over the head with a logical solution when they're emotional just never accomplishes anything. they got to vent, they got to talk, and finish feeling out those emotions. Remember the brain, twice the bandwidth for emotions. And so you got to get some blood back in the brain, get them back on the logical side. You have to validate what's going on because it's happening. You can't discount it because if you discount it, you discount them. And then you trigger more emotions and bruising the self-esteem. And then it's just a downward spiral. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a dark picture there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. Cheery. Anything else on the article today? Just the main thing is you can't think yourself out of a feeling. You've got to deal with it. You have to have emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is not dealing with other people's feelings. It's dealing with your own feelings and understanding what they mean. Feelings are neither good or bad. They're like gauges on a car. They're telling you what's happening on the inside. It's when you bury them and don't deal with them that dangerous things happen. But you have an emotion. Deal with it. Understand it. Get through it and move on. There you go. Good stuff. Well, why don't we move on to another very important topic? For the show today on episode 113. Well, aren't the topics all important? Yeah, this is just <laughs> another one. Oh, okay, yeah. just check it. Yeah, I didn't say, you know, now that we've got 112 episodes behind us, let's talk about something important. <laughs> kind of different <laughs> well, phrase. might be true, though, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so the law of association is something that we talked about a ways back. Based on some of the listener mail and, and things that we've been hearing lately, it's time to hit this one again. 
this is very, very popular in, in the media, in commercials and in advertising. Lob association isn't something that's going to, you can just implement in your presentation tomorrow and people say, oh, okay, and start signing on the bottom line. It's a long-term strategy. You're playing the long game with association, but it is extremely, extremely effective. We basically, we associate something with another thing and therefore we view it more favorably. Why, why is that, Kurt? It's how our brain's programmed. We automatically leak objects and symbols and colors and music with feelings and memories. I mean, if you want to get into the brain and instantly make somebody feel something, it's an association trigger. It just automatically happens. It's just something we feel. And if you don't understand how to do it, then it could backfire on you because there's great association triggers that can help you become more influential. And there's other association triggers, things that you're doing that decrease your ability to influence. And you have to understand that if you don't, it's going to backfire on you. So what do we do as persuaders? I mean, do we have any control over this? Sure. Well, everyone's different with their association triggers. It varies by culture, but there's different things that we know. We know that gold is a symbol of wealth and success, even though it's not the most precious metal. We know when we see a police officer, you, you step on your brakes real fast because there's an association trigger with that. We know when we see religious symbols or symbols of freedom or Olympic symbols or the American flag or the flag of your country or a wedding dress, any of those things, they trigger feelings. It's interesting how we want to be around symbols that we like. On a university level, when the team wins, more people wear the university sweatshirts. And that's interesting, too, because when the team wins, you say, we won. When they say, we lost, they or lost. they lose, they say, they lost, yeah. right? Fire and so it's coach. different yeah. there. There's an affiliation there. There's something we have to take a look at. That's why U.S. presidents, they don't do anything until they decide what type of dog they're going to get, right? <laughs> yeah. Man's best friend. Clinton's got a cat. Didn't work very well. They eventually got a dog. And listeners, you think it'd be odd if a U.S. president or any president got a pet hamster or a gerbil or monkey or a snake? I mean, it just doesn't feel right. That's an association trigger. Okay, okay. So what are some of the, the common ways that persuaders would use this? Take, a, take an insurance salesman or, or some kind of a business owner. Right. I mean, it's they, they, they're not going to get a dog, <laughs> but what, what can <laughs> they do to implement the law of association? Well, they should think about what happens when people come into their office or go to their website. We know when there's pictures of credit cards, more people are more likely to buy. We know colors matter. We know the surroundings matter. For example, law offices, we expect dark wood. We expect books. And if it's a new law office, the books are fake. They don't use books anymore, but that's the expectation. There's an association trigger. You're a lawyer. You have books. You're smart. If you go to an antique store, don't organize it. It reduces sales. This is a treasure hunt. This is a mess. We're going to find that perfect thing. Those are things that we have to think about. I don't know if you remember this or not. There was a chiropractor that uh, had a practice. She decided to work out of her home. She had people sit in the living room and then would take them back the hallway down to a bedroom at the end of the hall. <laughs> For a stranger, there's just a bad association <laughs> trigger about going to somebody's bedroom to get adjusted. That is Now, it creepy. didn't matter to the – what's that? That is creepy. <laughs> and it didn't matter to the people that knew her for a long time, but there's something about it. And my favorite example, this would be the blunder of the day, this all-you-can-eat restaurant, Southern California, being creative. You walk in, and everyone gets to stand on a scale. Oh, scale, right? What? They took out the numbers. They took the numbers off. And so if you stepped on the scale, it'd say, okay, you pay $10, you pay $12, you pay $14 based on your weight. Oh, my gosh. And kids loved it, and they didn't think it through and wonder why that was such a bad association trigger. So even though they took the numbers off, 
you're still standing on a scale association trigger before you eat at an all-you-can-eat restaurant calories. Hello, <laughs> I can tell you a lot of things that are bad with that, but that's the challenge is we don't think it through. They don't realize a messy desk or the colors you're wearing. We know that blues are the most credible colors. And I think the most fascinating thing with association triggers is colors and the power of colors and how they affect people's feelings and perception, especially with products and marketing and websites. Yeah. And I think a lot of people aren't even really aware of this, that it's happening with the surroundings and the colors and, and the style of their literature really is affecting how people perceive them out of the gate. It's exactly true. It's interesting that one study showed that color counts for 60% of the acceptance or rejection of an object or person. And companies spend millions of dollars to figure out the color on the outside, the color flex in the laundry detergent, the reds and yellows stimulate appetite. Yellow is the first color that triggers in the brain. That's why fire trucks are becoming yellow. You look at food. Here's an interesting one. Heinz ketchup came out with green ketchup, which did really well in blind taste tests, but they couldn't sell it. Or a gallon of milk. If you tinted the plastic yellow, it would last three days longer, but then nobody would buy it. Both Coke and Pepsi have come out with clear sodas, but it does not sell. It's interesting how color affects every aspect of our game. And my favorite one, University of Iowa football team locker room. Have you heard about that one? I was actually going to mention it. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, everything's pink, right? Because pink's a calming color. The toilets are pink. The locker room's pink. It's painted pink. And so the visiting teams go into this all pink locker room they get mad they get upset but it has this common color and they're like hey gives us a competitive advantage leave us alone <laughs> or it's that whole remember the holding cell study that's within seattle washington that's one of my favorites to where there was a lot of aggression with these inmates so they were holding them before they processed them they were fighting and they're like oh, we can't deal with this and so they painted the whole thing pink except for the ceiling and it reduced aggression. It reduced the fighting, but it promoted other feelings. But... <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did. All right, listeners, I'm kidding on that one. It's just a... <laughs> it's a true study, but I don't know about feelings are promoted, but it did calm them down. <laughs> I was watching a college football game a couple of weeks ago, and uh, this game was taking place in Tucson, Arizona, which can get hot, as you know. And there, outside of the visitor's locker room, they have, right as you're walking out to go onto the field, a big sign that says, and it's, it's a lot more scientific than this, but, hey, it gets really hot here. Have caution. You may experience uh, fatigue, blah, blah, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and the visiting coach, he was not having any of that. So he, he had his staff get out a drill, and they took the sign down. And the stadium oh. officials got mad at him, said, you got to put this up. It's a medical warning. And he said, bullcrap it's psychological warfare and uh this sign is staying down or we're not playing today and he won <laughs> they they let him keep the sign down but it's a, an association of hey you're going out on that field it's gonna be hot yeah you might die but yeah, okay you're gonna get tired <laughs> you know? tired and hot and most people yeah you're, you might as well go home now yeah yeah so i like that they had on that espn game day like a whole 10 minute Thing on the drama of that. It was pretty, pretty entertaining to see. So, well, cool. So association is, is pretty dang powerful. Listeners, you've got to look at where do you do business? How do your clients interact with you? How do they perceive you? This can be right down to the phone menu or your voicemail message that you record. What kind of vocal tone is it done in? What's the surroundings? All of these things really prime the prospect and make them feel a certain way. So you've got to look at this and go, okay, what kind of atmosphere 
do clients spend money in, in relation to my product? And you've got to mimic and you've got to duplicate that as much as possible. That's exactly what you got to do. I started taking a martial arts class recently. They're great at this, right? I don't expect to go to a really nice strip mall and sit in a lazy boy while I'm waiting for class, right? I mean, I go to an industrial part of town and there's not even really a waiting area and it's a big, you know, rugged gym with rubber floors and jump ropes hanging on the wall and that's what it is, right? They've got the the theme down and so people go there, they expect a certain thing. So if you've got a retail storefront, if you've got a professional office or if you're even completely virtual, Everything about what you do, people are going to have certain associations with, and you've got to be aware of that if you're not already. That's exactly right. You mentioned just that experience that people are expecting. If a hospital was painted black, that would probably bother you a little bit. The music at these type of places, I mean, the music research is astounding. Music has a positive relationship with comprehensive and recall. Sales increase in restaurants and supermarkets with slower music, up to 18% with slower music. And faster music, like at McDonald's, you've got your money. They want you to eat faster, and you do. And when music tempo increased, so did the happiness and animation. I mean, there's just amazing things with music and smells and colors that really affect. And we don't even know it. It's all happening so quickly. I mean, our olfactory system, the way we smell, I mean, that goes instantly in the back of the brain. You can smell something, a perfume, a cologne, any smell, and go back 20 years, 10 years, done. It's instant. You're there. You're feeling those memories, those emotions again, and you're not even thinking about it. Yeah. My wife and I, we took our kids out to dinner about two weeks ago. We make this mistake every now and then. I was going to say, are you redoing that mistake? You've already learned that one. You've got to have it happen over and over again. Yeah. And if you're a parent, it's like, no, this time we better. This time they'll behave. This time they won't make a scene. Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah, they they weren't better this time, in case you're wondering. I didn't think so. so. (laughs) But this is a restaurant that it's kind of a, a fresh mex. Well, it's called Rubio's. Yeah, Rubio's. We like it's out here in the Western U.S. mostly, kind of a, a seafoody Mexican fresh place to go, and and we like to go there. And they must have had a new crew in the kitchen because Rubio's usually pretty good. They're usually pretty quick. They're friendly, but this crew back there, because you can see and you can see the kitchen, you can see what's going on. And these guys were idiots. They were just taking forever. And I think part of the thing that exacerbated our frustration, Kurt, was that they had no music on. I mean, most restaurants you go into, there's music. There's something that plays. You know, we went to the Olive Garden the other day, and they play like Frank Sinatra. It makes you feel, you know, I'm out for a classy Italian, right? But they had no music going, and everything's going slower. And I commented to my wife. I said, you know, this wouldn't feel as bad if they had some kind of peppy salsa Latino music going right now. Right. We'd be in the mood. Oh, it's okay, But it's just quiet. And you can hear kind of clanking around in the kitchen. There's a few people. It was just it just felt lame and stagnant and and we didn't like it. And that that was a a bad, bad association. Right. Made you feel like you're you're stuck at a doctor's office. Right. They never have music. You're just sitting there. You can hear the fish tank bubbling. Saying that's a great point with music and it, it triggers attitudes and experiences. I mean, when we listen to Jaws. That triggers emotions and feelings, or, or Rocky, that triggers feelings, or linking a product with a popular song has feelings. And it mentioned a funny story with Frank Sinatra. These teenagers were loitering at this convenience store, and the store owner hated it. So he called the cops, and the teenagers leave. The cops leave. The teenagers come back, and they have this process going back and forth. The teenagers keep coming back. And so the store owner just went outside, put speakers up outside, and started playing Frank Sinatra music, and the teenagers 
didn't loiter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so there are good things you can do with music and those feelings and emotions, and it's something that we may be aware of, whether it be in the office place, whether it be at a, a training, anything that you do, music matters. It does. Yeah, it, it, Rubio's the other night, it got to the point my kids were, they'll usually color and, and raise all kinds of cane, but they were starting to bicker, where's our food? This place is lame. They were so mad, which is a shame because we really <laughs> like the food. And my daughter, she's five, and she's known for kind of saying what's on her mind. And uh, the cashier, she brought our order out. And my daughter goes, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, what's funny is the cashier said, you could tell she wasn't getting along with the cooks. She said, I know it is about time. Let me bring you back some coupons for free tacos. I'm so sorry. So <laughs> I told my daughter, hey, we'll go get some tacos sometime because your bickering got us the free tacos. Way to go. You, you said what had to be said. Well, at least they try to make it right, and you'll give them one more shot. Yeah, well, I like their food a lot, so get it together, guys. Get it together. Mm -hmm. Well, good. That's some quality information on association. We just want to bring it to everybody's attention again because you get in that rut. So many of these things that we talk about on the podcast here, people get in a daily rut of doing business a certain way. They get comfortable in it. They assume that it's working. They assume that people, their prospects don't have a problem with it. But you always have to look at what image, what association you're projecting to your clients because it's not always okay, even though you think it might be. And wow, association is definitely one of those where we get into a rut. We think that we're projecting a good image, but there's some little detail happening along the way that just makes everything seem off. And it, it really hurts your chances to persuade and close the deal. That's so true. We get stuck in a rut. We do what we do. We think it's working. It works every once in a while. But the key thing you have to understand, what you're doing right or wrong, a lot of times could not be right or wrong. You have to really get in and realize that you have to adapt your persuasion. Some things are working. Some things aren't. But we get so stuck in our presentation and our ruts, we fail to see some of the things that are really hurting our ability to influence. There you go. All right, Kurt, I need you to cue up the Blinja. Ooh, Blinja day. Go, Blinja. Now remember, everyone, a blinge is a combination of a ninja and a blunder all wrapped into one beautiful package. All wrapped, and we actually like votes on this. So you can email us at MaximizeYourInfluence at gmail.com. You can tweet at us now. We, we like to pretend that we know what Twitter is and that we use it effectively here on the show. So our, uh, our Twitter handle is at InfluenceMax, at InfluenceMax. So if you want to tweet out that, hey, you know, I think that was a ninja or I think it was a blunder, we love to hear your feedback. This is one that I've got, and I've been driving around a lot lately. I, I, like, I like to listen to satellite radio, and I'll, I'll listen to ESPN or CNBC or something, depending on what kind of mood I'm in. So I'm listening to ESPN a lot lately because it's football. You know, we know no secret that uh, Kurt and I are football dorks. We like our football. And mm -hmm. there's a ton of advertising that they hit you with on satellite radio. In fact, I, I do find it very interesting, the different kinds of ads that you get on satellite radio versus regular radio. Because satellite radio is a premium service. It's paid for. So you're going to hear ads like, hey, buy this franchise or buy this high-quality thing for your home. It's a lot different than regular radio. So there, there's an ad out there for these allegedly high-quality linens and sheets. The company is called Bowl & Branch. Some of you may have heard of it. And I've heard this ad so much, and there's this thing that they keep saying – I can't decide, Kurt, if it's a ninja or a blunder. But they're attempting to use association and uh, some social validation here, too. 
everybody loves our sheets, including three living U.S. presidents. That's what mm. they say. And I just, I, I, every time they say it, I find myself stopping. Now, maybe I'm a podcast host of an influence show, and that's why, and nobody <laughs> else is. I'm sure there's some of that going on here. But what I automatically do is I go, okay, who are the presidents that are alive right now? Okay, we got Jimmy Carter, we got George H.W., we've got Bill Clinton, we've got George W. And I go, man, that's a mighty polarizing group, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. I think that most people in America you would go to and you would give them one of those names and they'd be like, love them or hate them, right? There's not a lot of in-between ground on those. So I thought, man, three living, there's definitely two from each side. Is everybody thinking about this like I am or are people just going, oh, cool, a president, it must be good? What say you? <laughs> well, is it a blinja? Yeah, it is definitely a blinja because the ninja side, they're pulling that social validation. Hey, it's good for three U.S. presidents. But then your mind goes to, wait a minute, which ones? <laughs> and if it's the ones you like, it's a great thing. If it's the one you don't like, it's a negative thing. And so that's the blunder side. So it's interesting. They're trying to pull from it, but your brain's like, squirrel getting on a tangent thinking some different things and uh, I'm, I'm leaning more towards the blunder side i see why they're doing it but there's so much emotion in politics and liking who you like and hating who you hate that first of all they triggers the wrong feelings and second of all you're thinking about the wrong things and I, I would consider a lot of people are actually doing it when they think three u.s presidents when they're really thinking it through yeah Maybe they have some market research that shows differently. You know, they're spending a lot of money to be on satellite radio. It's not cheap to do. But, you know, with me, every time I hear it, I, yeah, squirrel. I get hung mm. up on it and I stop. And association is supposed to be subconscious. It's yeah, just and they kind of supposed to make it feel right. And this is just the way it's going. This is good instead of thinking about it too much. So, uh, yeah, we got Maybe two so blunder votes here on the show so far then. <laughs> Well, I can see what they do. They said, hey, it's good for all U.S. presidents or something like that. But with endorsements, you have to be careful because that's a billion-dollar industry. Look at Michael Jordan who made more money endorsing products because we like Mike. And if he likes hot dogs or this shoe or this car, we like those cars. But like you say, it could backfire on you because there's so much emotion, especially the latest one with Subway. They oh, had man. this great spokesman. They played him a lot of money. You can talk about Michael Phelps or you can talk about Lance Armstrong, which is an interesting study. This is the first time that the endorsers went after the person endorsing the product and wanting their money back. So it's a great thing. Hey, we like Jared. He does this, and Subway's lost a lot of weight. That's cool. He helps in the community. Then all of a sudden, whoa, 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 what's he <laughs> yeah. into? Yeah. Time out. Now we have that bad association with the product, and you notice how fast these companies drop these people. Even before they're proven guilty, if there's just one little whiff of something going wrong, they've got to drop them. Otherwise, that association trigger is going to stick to their company, and there's going to be a lot of damage control to do. Yeah, same thing with Tiger Woods, right? It, mm -hmm. uh, if you're making money off of your namesake and, and all that, you've got to keep your nose clean because these, these companies will drop you in a heartbeat because, yeah, association can, can go south on you quickly. Definitely can, so... Be very careful. I mean, it works great. It's a great association, but it can go either way. And make sure you have somebody or, or some type of symbol or music that people really like, and it could be a great thing. Yep, there you go. So tweet us at InfluenceMax. Send us your votes to MaximizeYourInfluence at gmail.com. As always, subscribe to us on iTunes or on Windows Marketplace, or you can just listen to us at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. That's where we have the blog entries and such. So all right, we're going to hang it up for the week. We really appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you next week on another episode of Maximize Your Influence. Catch you next week.